Hello and finally, welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. I was very picky about the technology this week, and that's why we're late, because Jim had to do extra work, and I feel bad because he just traveled. So, Jim, how you doing, brother? Yeah, man, I uh, I thought we were good to go. I made eight hours of driving today, and uh, out of town for a wedding, Gary. I've got a new business idea. Zoom weddings. Oh, dude. We're, uh, we're uh, like after the podcast, we'll start that. And uh, yeah, so you can attend the wedding, but you don't actually have to travel to it, which being out in the middle of the Midwest, I am all for right now. I mean, do the bride and groom even need to go? <laughs> I mean, like- <laughs> we've, we've, we've both been through this more times than we care. And so the answer to that is no. <laughs> yeah. So I have been like ever since uh, the last time we recorded, I've been all over the place too. I went to Washington DC to visit my wife. She's training for a new job and then raced home on Labor Day, like got sick instantly with what I felt was probably COVID. Oh man. And I've been like battling all week, trying to get my voice back. So on top of everything else, then Jim's got this wedding come up. I've got a wedding next weekend. All this while we're trying to watch a bad baseball team. So we figured, like, what should we do here? Let's have a late night show and compete with the NFL. That's what a Pirates podcast should try to do, right? <laughs> yeah, listen. Um, we're up against enough already being Pirates fans. <laughs> and now we're taking on the NFL. I don't know how that's going to work out, but, uh, you know, we'll do our best. I like uh, Pirate Queen here. She says, this is just musician time. I love it. (laughs) And Sean says, oh, you're waiting for halftime. No, no, no. Jim's Jim's been traveling. We're working really hard trying to make sure that we get the show in because I'm a no-go tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we had to squeeze it in when we could squeeze it in. As it is, Jim's missing pull time with the fam just to do this. So let's have some fun. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's talk some baseball now. So the Buckos, they're actually playing pretty well, man. They're seven seven of the last nine here. They've won three series in a row. Nice off day. That's why we kind of thought this time slot would be cool. Neither of us were thinking about the NFL, but we are thinking with no game tonight, it would be kind of fun to have a late night episode. We owe some of you California listeners shows like that. It's unfair for us yeah. to expect you to tune in live for 5 p.m. on Thursday, Eastern Coast time. So we should do these more often, Jim. This is true. And I don't want to see all the bets people have already lost on the NFL anyway. So, um, you know, this is this is much better. Right. Plus, we're going to cause an accident one of these days with Yark racing home from work. So we need to do that. He doesn't need any more distractions than he already has. <laughs> right. Next time he's trying to race home to be on the show, though, he'll make us wait an hour. So <laughs> um, anyways, the Bucks are doing better, man. I think they're playing pretty well. And I think a lot of it has been done with smoke and mirrors, my friend, because that starting rotation is uninspiring. We talked about that Austin um, or not Austin. What am I talking about? Andre Jackson situation last week on the show. And boy, did everything we talk about come to pass, right? Immediately you hear the team trying to sell us on, oh, yeah, he's got a real shot to be in this rotation next year. I'm going to tell you what, Jim. I don't care what he does the rest of the season. I'm not going to budge on this. That cannot be good enough next year. You cannot sell me on that. You can't. you, You don't have to because here's the thing. No matter what he does the rest of the way, it's not enough to, to be to be sure of anything. Right. In, in fact, in fact, you know, you can hope all you want, but now hope can't be part of the strategy moving forward. Absolutely. And we don't need to, you know, cover old ground there. We're gonna look a little bit more towards just how the, the year finishes now. They've got a better record, clearly. <laughs> they're playing good against I think good teams. Milwaukee's a good team. I don't think they're going anywhere in the playoffs. They don't have any kind of offense to compete, really. And they'd have to live completely on their rotation, which could happen. That can take you away too, but they just don't have the offense. I don't think you could, you could steal a series like that. I think 
Yeah. But eventually, you're going to have to hit. Yeah. And I just don't know. Unless they got Phillies hot, like, but I don't know that they have the bats for that. I don't think they do. Regardless, I'm not trying to disparage them. I'm just saying they're a first place team, but they're the first place team in the NL Central. And and to be honest, I think the Cubbies have played us tougher this year. To be to be blunt, I have been less afraid playing the Brewers than I have been the Cubs. Yeah, I um, agree with that. So I, I just think that you know there were a lot of people wanting to temper expectations as they were taking those series before because they're against some bad teams and everything. But you know the Brewers aren't said bad team. So hey, I, I'll take well, that. <laughs> yeah, and and here's the thing I want to impress upon people because I saw this and everyone was like, "Well, you got to consider the competition. It's the Royals and it's the Cardinals." And well, first of all, never count anything with us with the Cardinals. Okay, yeah. so there's there's that. And then what you look for, and we've talked about this time and time again, when you're a team that's hopefully starting to play better or teams that are already good. What you do is beat up on bad teams and you hope to split against good teams. So I get what people are saying. The competition isn't the best, but that's what you're supposed to do or that you need to learn to do when you hope to be better. Well, here's why I don't buy that argument a lot, especially in the air division, like the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals are, are a bad team, right? Well, at the time, I think that we finished beating them. We were four games ahead of them in the last column. The Pirates went nine and four against the Cardinals this year. Are we not kind of responsible for them having that bad record? This is a chicken right. and the egg conversation. Yeah. It's, Look it, at the Padres it, situation. We are very responsible for them having that terrible record. Yeah. And, and it turned. To me, it starts feeling like a college football conversation where there's a way to justify everything if you want to knock it down. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And so for me, I back off on some of that because I feel like you can only do what you can do that day when you're in the ballpark. Got to beat who you're playing. Right. Got to beat who you're playing. Like the last time they faced the Braves. That was uh, that was a, a hard fought series. I loved that series. It was yeah, up and I w- down. Back I was and there forth. for I was there for three of those four games, and I'm yeah. gonna tell you what. Guy next to me even said it. He's like, "This is maybe the best series." I, and he was from Atlanta and a Braves fan. He goes, "Yeah, yeah This yeah. might be the best. This might be the best series, most competitive series we've had all year." And so, hey. It's a, it's such a blast watching good baseball, and that's what I hope for going into this Braves series. Because, yeah, on paper, much better team should absolutely sure. destroy them. I think they should destroy everybody. I really do. I think they're far and away the North, the uh, National League's representative favorite. Mm-hmm. I would say, but maybe the Dodgers. But Atlanta has been coast to coast on the season. You know, they've been good the whole time. They've been consistent the whole time. It, there's not a lot to hate from what they've done, yet the Pirates really did play them tough. I think this this can be a, a good series for a team like this to run into right now. Yeah, and Gary, even if it isn't, you need to see it up close. You need to see that, like face-to-face, yeah. up close. And there's a lot of guys that have never seen anything like this. So. You, you're going to get a taste and whether it goes well or poorly, you're going to see what it takes to have to be playing competitive baseball in those games. Right. So let's take a quick break. Let's dive a little further into what a good, strong finish might look like. Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go get that app and read all the stories all for free. It's good stuff for real. Um, I, I really dig listening to uh, all the podcasts on the network, especially I've been enjoying listening to Corey Geiger cover Penn State recently because oh, there's just wow. been some interesting national stories about Penn State recently, like with uh, the whole Franklin um, and West Virginia blow up and he had an excellent podcast on it. It was super cool. So even if it's not your subject matter, listen to something like that on occasion, just if it's a national story that happens to touch, it's pretty cool. And listen to you guys too. Well, the H2P podcast is there. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. There you, you're so, you're so modest. Well, we're it's trying nice. to do that Wednesdays, but I, I promised I wasn't going to start talking about it a lot until Corey and I showed ourselves we could be consistent for a month or so. <laughs> That's all right. It is good, though. It is good. I will tell you that. All right. Let's see. So what do we think looks good um, for the rest of the season? Some people like all, all things sports 17 here. They're going to throw out win total numbers like 73 to 75. It'd be hard for me to complain if that was the case, sir or ma'am, whichever the case may be, um, because that's kind of where I predicted. So I did go back and look, Jim, and I was at 74. So, you know, I'm in line. It could happen. But <laughs> they made it more likely with this recent run. I'll say that. Yeah. Now, I will say that schedule is challenging um, the rest of the way. Um, they're going to have to play some pretty good baseball. They have, let's see. They've Atlanta got, and Washington. They've got Atlanta. Now they get a little break with Washington. Yes, they play the Yankees. I still think that's a team that's got talent. But then they face three at Chicago, three at Cincinnati, three at four at Philly, three at Philly, and then end with the Marlins. So, there's a lot of decent teams in there, decent to good. You would get get a little break with the Nationals and a down Yankees team, and that's about it. Yeah, and I would say, you know, if you really look at the at the recent standings, you know, the Marlins are kind of right there with the Pirates. They're not that great either. They've fallen no. way back. The Phillies are hotter than than fire right now. I wouldn't want to play them no matter what. That's I think the Reds are going to be a good young puncher's chance no matter what. You're gonna, you have just as much a chance that they're going to screw the pitch on a nightly basis as they're going to come out and look brilliant. Yeah, It's the hallmark of a young, talented team that just is not seasoned yet. So I think you can expect that. It should sound familiar, you know? Yeah, hopefully you see two teams that might be improving next year playing each other, you know, yeah. and seeing how that goes. And the Cubs have played the, the Pirates really well, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with them. I, I don't even know what position they'll be in. They're falling back in the pack too, you right. know. And, um, then, and then, Gary, here's the other thing about it is would people, will people, would people rather just count the, count the wins or does it matter how you win these games or how you lose them? Yeah. And so, like, to me, Okay, yeah, the wins, everybody wants to see the wins. But what do those games look like? They're ugly or sloppy or whatever. Okay, great if you win them. But I want to see a little bit more than that. I need to, I, I, you know, would you rather take 10 one-run losses? I don't know. You know, if it's, all, want, if it's all good baseball. I think all I want to see here is quality baseball from guys that matter. That's all. If they go on like a seven-game winning streak and it's spearheaded by Miguel Andujar having seven consecutive games of two-run homers in each one and um, Joshua Palacios hits five grand slams in that same stretch of time. Yeah. And, and Thomas Hatch. Just and Thomas Hatch throws a complete <laughs> game shutout. You know, yeah. I – it's 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 the devil will be in the details, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, that's that's the kind of thing that isn't going to be helpful for me. And that doesn't mean like I don't want to see it. I want to see anybody that's wearing the black and gold play well. It's just there's some guys that matter more to me as far as like what I see out of them. Right. Get Keller and Oviedo out of this season healthy. You know, I'd rather not see either of them have to finish on the IL. 
Oviedo is way over his his um, pitch limit that he's ever touched in his career. I think you're going to probably see them start being a little more careful with him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would too much though, because I think next year you expect him to carry 200. So pushing it a little bit this year might actually help you reach it next year. It, so. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of him, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I don't know how many people have seen him up close. <laughs> he's the a horse. Loose. Yeah, he is man. Like, yeah. So, and he's got a pretty good clean delivery. Um, I he think wants he does. the ball too. He wants the yeah. ball. Yeah. So um, it's a big boy that has a big workload. And like you said, he's going to be expected to duplicate that, if not exceed it next year. So, so let's talk about guys that matter a little bit. You ran a poll here on Cabrian Hayes. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm happy to go through the numbers a little bit. I know you've got some quotes that you wanted to go through the, from, from some listeners and, and readers. You got about 500 votes here. In a 24 yeah, hour poll, you threw up like half ass the other night. I, I did. <laughs> um, which are the best polls. They always are. I mean, that's Is, when you get the best reaction. It's funny, but it works out that way. Yeah, um, go. I don't. I can't access it. So you you tell people about what sure what how it voted. So you got Cabrian Hayes has been on a tear these last fifty plus games. How convinced are you that he's put his past offensive shortcomings behind him for good? Then you got totally convinced at thirty six percent. Not convinced at all, 13%, which is appropriate for his number. And I'm not sure at 51. I'm not sure is where I voted, but (laughs) you would expect that because what do we always say about short sample? Yeah. That said, without, you know, stomping on the toes of other people's thoughts, my gut reaction was, I've liked how he looked back into June before the injury a little bit. The revelation really is the way that he's been able to turn on the baseball since he's come back, which I think has a lot to do with his back. So if anything, I worry that they can't maintain it, (laughs) but I, but I don't necessarily worry about him maintaining it. I think he's got himself in a good place right now. Yeah, I uh, obviously uh, can't vote, but I would be in the I'm not sure to, to area too. And the reason being is 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 that it's been so long of a stretch for me, like uh, in between. So I'll probably need to see a little bit more. Uh, than I normally would simply because of the length of time that it has been. And I mean, we remember how he came up and it looked like this. As a matter of fact, it looks better than that because he's now pulling the ball and he's pulling it with power. So well, he's now hitting with that exit velocity to all fields. When he, when he first came up, the only time he was generating that kind of exit right. velocity was when he was going the other way. Right. Exactly. So it's much better to see him being able to execute like that to all fields. And it does make him a different kind of player. I, the only interesting thought that I've seen on this that didn't pop into my head right away when trying to figure out what could be playing in the haze and everything, mm-hmm. it does go back to health and it's not just the back. I think it was Dayon, but it could be somebody else I heard mention it that made me think of it. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to give proper credit. The hamate bone injury that he had robs you of power for, for sometimes up to a year. And boy, does that not like look reflective of what he's done? Like he was yeah. down for almost a full year of like really, really hitting those rocket baseballs, you know? I wonder if that had something to do with it too. It could, it could very well. Um, I, I, you know, I, what I will say is this, when you watch a guy and he's up there 
And like you said, he's, he's spraying the ball to all fields and he's doing it with good, good contact and good exit velocity, which is what he's doing. Man, it opens up everything, opens up everything. So I'm encouraged. I will tell you, this is, let me get to a few comments. Um, so let's see, Sean Conley, he said, small sample size. He's gone on tears before 2020 and they haven't stuck, mm-hmm. but, but I sure hope this is his new normal. Um, okay. I can, I can, I can buy that. I think it looks a little different this time and we're getting up into the 50, 60 game mark with it. So um, even if you're not sure, you have to be super encouraged. Do you not? I mean, I am. I th- I think it's encouraging what he's doing, Jim. But here's my thing. Here's why I landed on. I'm not sure. I the 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 most insane hitting I've ever seen where I was old enough to remember in a Pirates uniform was Josh Bell a few years ago when he went on that tear in the month mm-hmm. of May. I thought he was never going to be stopped. He you looked like that, he you thought he had arrived. I thought he had figured everything out. Yeah. And he was just crushing baseballs from both sides of the bat. I mean, like everything he had the league just dangling from his pinky. Seriously. ESPN was drooling. That's how hot this kid was. People were talking about him like Babe Ruth. People were comparing his numbers to Willie Stargell, like side by side. Like, yeah, he had a month that was one of the all-time great months. Like yeah, and what it does is it, it gets you paid for ten years when you don't really belong in the league the way you are anymore. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you live off the reputation of what people have seen you do. In many ways, it's the reason so many of you had wet spots on your seats for Andujar this year because he did it in 2018. That's the reason if he didn't do that in the majors, none of you would care. He'd be another Diego Castillo to you. That's the only reason anybody cares. So is Cabrian Hayes Andujar? No, but he could be Josh Bell. Let's see if he carries it through the off season. That to me is the real test. I want to see what Cabrian Hayes shows up like next year. Yeah, I, I like that. I saw he looks a little bit bigger though this year. Does like yeah. look a little bit thicker up top. He does, and I think the next two months are huge. And when I say two months, I mean the end of this season and the beginning of next. Yeah, give me give me that month now. And give me that month at the beginning of the year of the next season. And I think you're going to have a whole lot better idea of where he's at. (laughs) To be be honest, he doesn't even need to be this this good. Look, Eric forgot about Diego already. (laughs) (laughs) Add him him to the list, Eric. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyways, read some more of your comments here because I know you got a bunch of a bookmark. Yeah. um, So let's see. Our buddy Rich Thompson, he said, the only reason I'm not sure is the nagging injury bug, the back, etc. what we were talking about. When the back flares up, he seems to go in a funk. That said, these hot streaks show the off- offensive talent is there. Yep. Um, I will say... The Josh uh, Bell argument I was making pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And um, Pitt at Pitt Panther said, which I love that, by the way, um, all his expected stats essentially match up with his actual stats. And I will say, and he goes into super detail here. He goes, so I don't see any reason to doubt it. If he can get his walk rate to like 10%, then we're really cooking. Um, It's fair. He had been underperforming all year with the expected stuff, right? Some of he, he just, you guys tend to have, kind of good luck years in that and bad luck years with expected batting average, expected slugging. And he probably should have been doing a little better than that, than what he had been. It still was, 
That's still wasn't from, enough. That's what Josh from Bridge to Bucktober talked about. That's what Michael from um, my site and 412 Double Play has been talking about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all you expected batting average wonks out there like that, you got hey. rewarded with, with your faith in, <laughs> in Cabrian Hayes. But the baseball gods are fickle. I think we all know that. And next year could be a different story. But Yeah, and, and the, li- the line of thinking there is that, look, it will average out. It will. It has to over time. Hit the ball hard, good things happen. Yeah. So, anyways, thought it was a good poll. Got tons of feedback from it. And um, like I said, give me this last month and let me see how it looks next, the first month of the season next year. And boy, boy, will that be an interesting stretch. I like it, man. Hey, let's take another quick break here. We come back. We'll talk a little bit more about some individual players. And I think that the... If there's smoke, there might be fire. Andy Haynes stuff is uh, getting much, much more official and talkworthy, don't you? Andy, who? I've never heard of an Andy. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. friends we're back to the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network jim and gary with you we just wrapped up talking about cabrian hayes should we start with what's going to make us mad or should we start talking about players because we could get carried away and talk the rest of the show about the sandy haynes stuff um let's go andy haynes i I want people to quit watching that football that football game watch this (laughs) Listen to this. That'll get people's attention. Let's go Andy Haynes. Andy Haynes. So, you know, we heard the 99% comment from Jason Mackey, and now we've heard why it's 99% because he's heard and reported what he heard (laughs) before, and they probably didn't necessarily think he was reporting, and then they had to come out and just say it because it had already been reported. Um, Charrington and... Shelton both confirming that they fully expect Andy Haynes to come back next season. I still think that there should be room for that to change. And maybe they're just being kind about the way this ends for the season or whatever. But Jim, I don't know how you, no matter what kind of players you've provided, I don't know how you look at the two years that Andy Haynes has put on paper statistically and bring that back. I just don't. And I don't see the positives. And I puked in my mouth at least three or four times listening to the TV broadcast, try like hell to make working hard with Jack Sawinski, one of the all time longest slumpers I've ever watched play the game of baseball in black and gold as a testament to why you would want to keep Andy Haynes. Take a swing at explaining that to me if you can, and then general comments about Haynes. <laughs> you know, I here's here's what I I don't care for when we when we're watching the telecast, uh, whether it's pregame in the studio. It's it's almost insulting sometimes, and I, I, I know I know, and I will preface this by saying. They have a tough job to do. That is their their employer. They, it's just the world they have to live in. And but, I'd rather you not say much of anything than to go overboard with uh, praise about it. I mean, like 
just ignore it. If, if, if that's all you got, then just ignore it uh, or, or say as little as possible and, and, and keep going. But the sale job is so off-putting to me at times, Gary. I think that's like the biggest thing to me is like, I think it's insulting fans' intelligence about what they're seeing. And also, what's on paper? Like, what you know, when you look at it and you're looking for the improvement, okay, there's there's been marginal, but it was terrible to begin with. Yeah. So now you're expecting marginal improvement to turn into a huge leap next year. I just don't see how that's possible. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't either, because I think this system and it may be time to just embrace. I think this has been the suspicion all along that Haynes is pretty much the, uh, the, the proverbial wart that you remove that doesn't remove the actual virus that caused it, you know? Um, well, he's the messenger. He's I the messenger, he's like- but he's also the administrator of it. Right. And, and what we're witnessing is a team philosophy. I hear this team philosophy comes from Ben Charrington when this conspiracy theory is, is espoused. And I believe it could be true. I really do. I personally believe that it has more to do with Derek Shelton than, than Ben Charrington. I don't remember any team that Ben Charrington's ever been involved with before the Pittsburgh Pirates hitting in, in this fashion. In fact, Boston was one of the most famously aggressive swinging baseball teams I've ever watched when they won that World Series that he was there for. And, right. and Toronto swings and swings and swings. So... I don't believe that he's ever really been involved in an organization that does that. So I like to think that that hitting philosophy comes from Shelton and, and that gives me hope that it could be fixed. If it, if at some point that is the case, I really think there's enough evidence now that it's not just Andy Haynes rolling in with a philosophy and, and, and trying to execute that. Um, that doesn't absolve him. No, no. I'm not saying that. You, you, you've got to deliver. Um, I will say this. I don't know if it's stubbornness or just a belief that will it will eventually work. But they are making their bed. I mean, they're making their bed. <laughs> You got to read this comment from Dave White. I think he says it really well here. Greg Brown sounded like a professional wrestling announcer trying to get the fans to support a baby face wrestler. <laughs> He's exactly right. It's that is salesmanship 101. And I understand he has a job to do, but there's a reason that Jim and I, week after week on this podcast, can tell you what they're going to push next week. We, it's. Yeah. I mean, I do marketing for a living, so like, right. I know exactly what's happening to me when I'm watching baseball or professional sports, for that matter. I know what's happening, but like, it doesn't annoy me unless it's an out and out lie. You know, I expect with advertisement to suspend belief a little bit. I I get that you're going to stretch the truth, you're going to polish corners, you're going to make me think certain things are okay that aren't vice totally get that that's that's you being soft on the team but i i don't really care if andy haynes personally hauls in all the balls and bats every day after practice and gets down and does 200 push-ups in the morning and chugs six raw eggs and runs like Rocky around point state park and then comes back in and works with Jack Sawinski for six hours. If Jack Sawinski's hitting two Oh six, I don't care. Yep. If Jack Sawinski's still staring at strike three on the corner, you know, almost two full seasons into his career. I don't care. Don't sell me that he's a hard worker. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where it gets like, they're all hard workers. 
I mean, our, 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 you, you know, don't get I to mean, that level without being a no, hard worker. That's that's just it. Like this isn't um, this is professional baseball, and like we talk about the standards that need to be with this team. I just think we need to get away from. We're not selling timeshares. Uh, you know, like l- l- let's just speak on the on on the facts. I don't need to hear about Anduhar and how great he could possibly be. Let's call it what it is. He's a guy trying to find a spot on a major league baseball team. Let's not pretend that it's anything more than that. And that's okay right. to say. That's okay to say. You can frame that in such a way where you can say. Look, the guy's done everything he can ask him to do. He's torn the cover off the ball down here. He's trying to make this team. Um, if he doesn't get a shot here, he's probably going to get another shot anywhere, somewhere else. But it's just the constant. Yeah, and Joshua Joshua Palacios is this year's Wilmer Defoe. You know, hits some timely home runs. Yeah. Doesn't look like you should have any power at all. Somehow do play pretty decent wherever they stick you energy oh. guy people love your walk-up music you know i think like it's okay to admit that guys are just role players too they don't all have to be part of this or have a chance to be part of it it's just not the way it's going to work out right i, I kind of just wish that we could just close the book on this one but again we it said ain't. it last week we'll watch it anyway it's just and I'll, I'll try to be fair with it. Just like I'll try to be fair with it while I'm watching Canada. I know I've spent most of this season railing on Andy Haynes, but folks, I really and truly was ready to fire him mid last season. So like, this is a long standing grudge for me. And, and nobody knows better than Jim, how long it takes me to get to a place like that, where I'm just straight up done when I'm straight up done though. Good luck pulling me back. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I I think we're we're realistically patient. And I, I think that's the way I would term term it. And if you look at what Andy Haynes has done here, and even what you look at what he did in Milwaukee, I'm just trying to figure out what it is about him that he's still around i i just he's never really done much of anything the places he's been uh, you know is this is this the the is this the coaching fraternity i, I don't know but man i would just say is this really the hill you want to die on <laughs> like is this do you really think this is like that are you that convinced Everyone is so wrong and everyone else is so right <laughs> within your organization that, that it's worth the gamble on just one position coach that I think has glaringly put up horrific numbers. Or is this organizationally just saying I can't fire one without the other? This system either works or it doesn't. They must, I mean, whether it works or not, they must really think it's going to, which, hey, like you said, <laughs> is that really is that really how you want to go out? I don't know. Look at Josh here from Bridge to October. It's our job to understand what's going on, regardless of what Brownie says. Well, there's a reason that I was listening to albums from Ghost the other night instead of the broadcast <laughs> after a while, man. After I heard a couple, one too many reach arounds for, for Haynes on his hard work with Jack. I just turned it off and watched the game silently, but uh, let's move on to some individual player stuff. We wanted to talk about Jim, because I, I think there are some that we need to continue seeing growth for something I've been encouraged by lately is Ortiz. I think Luis Ortiz has looked pretty good in his last couple starts. I think that's encouraging. Um, he really was getting shelled in that one game and Shelton left him in. And again, I know we just got done bashing coaching staff and everything here, but when they do right things, we're still going to say that, right? Sure. He left him in there to get shelled. I questioned it. I thought it was wrong. I would have pulled him out. 
but he left him in there to die. And his next outing, tell me that kid didn't have a whole different tune. He got in trouble in that one inning, and he did not let it buckle him because he knew that coach was going to leave him out there to die. There were no water wings this time, and he knew it. Yeah, you can't baby everybody all the time. Sometimes you have to force guys into those uncomfortable situations and then see how they respond. And I think that that's what you saw there. Uh, I think for the most part, I've liked what I've seen since he's been back up. Um, you know, is he is he getting the swings and misses that he should enough? No, but we weren't looking for him to magically fix everything. We're just looking for progress, and I think we've seen that. So I, I'm I, I'm moderately pleased with him because getting him back on track at the end of this year is something that would be huge, huge given where they're at. I think, uh, I think he, he's shown some positive signs. One thing that's important to note with him, unlike some of the other prospects, he has not lost his velocity. No, but, but that's something that they're saying is a problem with, with a whole bunch of other guys like, like Quinn Priester and, I don't know that I can say it's epidemic yet because Solomito's up. You know, Chandler hasn't lost any velocity. Harrington seems, looks good. It seems to be when it's happening is happening at the major league level, and at least initially. Um, I think that's where at least some people are questioning that aspect of it. Like, I, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe. Maybe we're just so scarred by what's happened with Rowanzi Contreras, which it sounds like now there might be some shoulder concern with him, but which would explain an awful lot. I'd actually, I would never wish injury on somebody, but when somebody's openly struggling and nobody can figure out what's going on mechanically, you hope that they at least dig in and find out what's going on physically. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's what will what will come out of this is that there's not really anything wrong with Rowanzi. It's just a physical problem. And I don't say that like lightly again, I never wish for him to get hurt, but yeah, well, physical what's your problem that requires some rest or something. Okay. Yeah. You're what you're saying is, is like, there was a reason for it. Yeah. It wasn't just that he magically lost his velocity. I mean, Jim, the, the alternative is literally because, everybody says it's not the kid not trying or he's not doing things right or whatever. Nobody knows what's wrong. So the assumption is either his arm just for some reason is about to fall off. Like he has some rare form of leprosy eating his arm from the inside out or the pirates screwed him up. And boy, if the pirates screwed him up, that's a whole lot of scary. (laughs) <laughs> that's actually yeah. in some ways scarier than keeping the wrong hitting coach for another year. So, you know, you'd almost love to find out that it was something fixable that, you know, is kind of minor. That would be a, a best case scenario, I think. And then get him out, let him sit, let him come back fresh next year. Hopefully it's a different Rwanzi. Um, Regardless, Jim, can't count on him next year. <laughs> like, no, can't. No, no, there's just no way right now that you could. Yeah. So Luis Ortiz, I do take as a positive because you want somebody to kind of leave this season with an inside track for one of those fifth spots that we leave open, right? Because you know that they're not going to go out and get three starters. So you want to leave that fifth one to be winnable. I would say, and having somebody looking like the inside track, maybe he's fighting with Andre Jackson for that fifth one. If you want to be nice, right? Right. But you want somebody, especially like an Ortiz to step up and take that. So anything he does the rest of the season, that's positive. I want to really kind of just hone in on. He's super important to me as far as the rest of the season goes. Andy Rodriguez is another one that I wanted to focus on a little bit. He's starting to put together some better at bats from both sides of the of, of the plate. And I've been really, 
really impressed with his catching. It has come a long way in a really short period of time, Jim. I'm all done pretending Henry Davis is going to have to be taking any of those away from him. Yeah, it it we were watching a game the other night and I just it just I was watching Andy and he was out handling someone on the mound and I just said it just kind of hit me. I'm like it's just obvious to me he's not going to be relinquishing this job. No. I just I just like don't it. see it. Um and good for him. Ironically, this is why baseball is so to me, always so interesting is you think you have some things figured out about guys. You just don't. If you'd have told me Andy came up and hit pretty well, but struggled defensively, I'd have probably bought that more than I bought what's happening now, which is he's actually really, really improved defensively in a short amount of time. And the bat, eh, you know, I mean, you've seen a little flash here and there. So it's kind of been flipped for me. Yeah, and I think the one thing that's encouraging to me, Jim, I saw a lot of this same stuff from him in AAA. Came up, was the first time they were ever making him a full-time catcher, and they didn't even fully commit to it there. They were floating him around first base and whatnot a little bit, but he was still catching a decent amount. But focusing on that so much that he let his bat go for a while, and then to make the majors, he kind of refocused himself offensively and really started going to town a little bit. And that's when he got the call up eventually. I think we're seeing the same kind of pattern emerge with him here in, in the majors. He focused so much on the defensive side of his game. I think he just overwhelmed himself and stopped paying attention to what he used to at the plate. So catching is, catching it's a unique position, man. It really is. <laughs> You know, like, and Gary, you know me, I like to, like, watch all the little things. The little things fascinate me sometimes about watching baseball. And there was recently, uh, he, Andy had a terrible at-bat, a terrible at-bat to end the inning. He stranded, like, two guys. Yep, I know the one you're talking about. They're going to commercial, and he's he has to go right in the dugout and put on all his catching gear. Like he doesn't get any, like catchers don't get any time. Their plate is just so full in the game and you don't have any time to even process, think, I mean, you're just right back into the next thing. You don't get to go out and right field and, and think about, and I didn't, I shouldn't have said right because of Henry, but <laughs> you don't get to, you don't just to get to go out there and collect yourself. You right back at it in something that's just as important, if not more sometimes. And I'm just like, I, I can't imagine the um, amount of, physical and mental uh, process that has to go into that on a daily basis. Dave says that must've been what was wrong with Hedges. <laughs> he was focused on just, just his defense. <laughs> Dave, that is a couple zingers tonight, dude. Two gold stars for you, brother. Um, I thought we weren't going to mention his name anymore. Not Dave's. I mean, Austin. <laughs> I mean, if he had put but, up know, those numbers with a peg leg, it might have made some more sense. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying, Gary? Is like yeah, it do. is such a loaded uh, responsibility of that position, and he's he's trying to do it at the major league level. Yeah. I, if there's a position I'd be more patient with than anything, it's that is catching and hitting. Right. Like I would just say be patient with the catchers, you know, and really the catching position. It's a hard one. Uh, I I do believe Andy will hit. He's never shown that he couldn't. He's never shown that it's a problem. You can see the talent even as he struggles right now, you know, yeah. the swings there, give him some time. So on top of everything else that we just said, he's also a switch hitter. (laughs) Just that alone. Just that alone is twice the workload from, from, yeah. I mean, like this kid is not going to be an overnight superstar. I really believe that. But I think if you're patient with him two, three years from now, 
it's going to look pretty damn oh, good. Oh my goodness. I I love the yeah. potential of Andy Rodriguez. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. really do. And I'm sorry yeah. there's no way to get there without the without the the shaky scary bridge across eternity that's missing some boards. I mean, you're going to have to walk it, folks. It's just going to be frightening. There's no way around it. It's a great point. He has switch hitting duties as well. So it's just, man, I, I respect that too much Absolutely. To, to, to harshly criticize it at first. I think for a lot of his offensive upside, I think that's why there was such a focus on maybe this guy should bounce around and whatnot. But now you see him play behind the plate. The other thing that we were always sold was he didn't have the frame for it. No, he's got the frame. He just needs to fill out. And yeah. and I th- I think he will, and and hopefully not lose too much of his athleticism. Yeah, in the I, process, I, but that same that same athleticism he possesses makes him really interesting behind the plate, though. Too, you mm-hmm. know, like for not being as big of a guy, I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about that aspect of it. No. Look at look at even like cuts from now to his rookie year guys fill out they they right. just do and they're still in good shape so that takes us to the next guy who's going on a rehab assignment here this week henry davis you know he's going to come back and they're going to stick him in right field or dh him with kutch being injured i would think if they're smart they put him in right field regardless of what it looks like because he needs to do it I think we just discussed why that's not going to happen and they're not going to use them at first base, even though they maybe should, <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they have to move somebody to first base and geez, I think I just read something from Jason Mackey where he was suggesting Kutch. I don't need to see that. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kutch just needs to move in the outfield and, and, and be able to play it sometimes. And that DH may be the sometimes. That may be one of the weirdest visual, instant visuals I've just had in my head. Did you read it? it? No, I've been traveling. I Dude, haven't seen it. I mean, like, I'm not going to suggest it tonight because you're going to want to sleep at some point. And, <laughs> and it might keep you awake at night thinking about Kutch playing first base. But, man, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think that's something I need to see. I don't think Kutch is a guy I need to see at first base. Yeah, but, um, it's so weird. Uh, regardless, I do think they need to pick some prospects and, and start getting them over there, though. Somebody. Or we're going to yeah. shed some. You know, well, you already to- saw Cal Mitchell get DFA'd, right? Yeah. They never even tried him there. And maybe that might have been a solution. His bat was okay. He just didn't have an arm for the outfield. So I thought, and Graves suggested that a million times, move him to first base. Mm-hmm. They just don't do anything. They don't try anything. He's just not not good enough an outfielder. We'll just keep him until we get rid of him. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? No. Don't I, you try I, to do something with him if there's something there? You would think. I think like a, now if you want to say that they're not going to do it with An, Anduhar, well, I think there's a reason for that is that um, he's not young and he is what he is at this point. But younger guys, you would think you would want to experiment. They, you view them as somewhat of an asset, I would hope, and would you hope want so. to the, to succeed. Um, but they never even seem to even entertain it. Um, I look. I look at this roster, Jim. I I don't have a home for Nick Gonzalez. Just don't. Well, you. you I know where you're going. I've already suggested moving into first base. Mm-hmm. It's an open position and a gaping open hole of a position. He's a bat that I think you want. Find a place, you know, and, and you're not going to give him DH. So find a place. Well, like, we talk, I, I just don't know what they're doing because we, we talk about, you know, the, I, I, I'm really trying to get in this mindset of, of like, we, we were very, adamant about where the bar needs to be set right now and addressing things. And so anytime anything is suggested, whether it's my brain suggesting it, yours, anybody on Twitter, whoever, I try to go back to that. I'm like, is that, does that meet the bar? Does that meet the bar of where we need to be? And so I think about like Nick Gonzalez and does a Nick Gonzalez Connor Joe 
first base situation meet the bar. I wouldn't do that. I mean, like I would, I would take Nick Gonzalez in triple a and move him to first base, play him at first base and let him hit teach him first base. And then next year, sign Carlos Santana or whoever, you know, they're not going to go get Reese Hoskins, get Carlos Mm -hmm. Santana. I'll be happy. Okay. He maintains you either trade him at the deadline or you keep him and you bring up Nick when he's ready. It's a place for Nick's bat to land at some point. That's all they don't do that. They just keep rotating them all in these same little spheres that, and they never use them. (laughs) Yeah. So you either going to have to figure out who you're going to trade or you've got to move some assets but you shouldn't have organizational gaping holes when you've got this many bats that don't have a home. Right. Move and players. It, and it doesn't take. Look, Try Kane and Smith and Jigba there. Where's he going to play? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or he ends up like Kyle Mitchell does. Exactly my point. So he's shown some power potential this year, right? So go, Hey, Kane, you know, what would be cool for you? What if we put you at first base? You could bulk up even more. You like doing that. You love looking like a specimen, brother. And you here's the thing. Now you don't got to be able to run a 5-4-40. You can play first base. What do you think? And your arm, it's not the greatest, but I bet it'll play great there. You get all these home runs. Why aren't we trying things like this? Well, especially when you've got a guy like Piguero, who, look, I'm not, I'm not ready to anoint him. As, as, as anything. But when you start looking at like how things might shape up next year in the infield, his emergence is starting to even further push Nick Gonzalez out of the way. Yeah. And Bay's got a good foot in the door too. Yeah. So um, I agree with you because what are you going to do with Nick Gonzalez? You're going to DH him? No. You're not exactly my point. So what do you do? You know what I mean? Like at some mm-hmm. point, start making some decisions. That's all I'm saying. I, th- I think there has to be things like that, that that get done. And we got another question here from all, all things sports 17. Just wondering, do you see Connor Joe part of the 2024 Pittsburgh pirates without a doubt? Yep. Yes. Connor Joe will be back on this baseball team next year. There's no doubt in my mind. None. <laughs> exactly. The team loves them. The the coaches love them. Actually, the city's kind of embraced them. And for what he should be doing on a baseball team, he's perfect. Guy off the bench can play a ton of different places, handle it well, does a good job everywhere you put him. He's gonna he's gonna end up with ten plus homers and probably thirty doubles. Yep. I mean, admittedly, as a player who's played a little more than he probably should. Sure. But he won't do that next year. (laughs) Well, if he does, then we have some other topics, at least. (laughs) Even even if they're super lazy in free agency, the only way that would happen is if they made him the starting first baseman. And I don't believe that they think he's that either. So. I hope they don't. We can see right now with how bad Revis is like at, at the plate that they don't think that, or they'd be doing it now. I would hope that people too, like we've seen enough from Santana and Rivas this year. You can't just abandon first base defensively. You can't do it. Like, yeah, you've got Hayes over there and you can count on him, but you're probably going to have Cruz and probably Peguero it's short and second. You better have someone over there that can help those guys out. And and the defense has been refreshing for me to see. Offensively, Rivas is, you know. But let's not lose sight of that either. Yeah, I'm not. I just think they have to do some things. And internally, I think just in their first layer or so of the minors, they can make things a lot easier for players if they start migrating some of the bats into positions of need. Do it there. Don't do it here. 
Don't do it here once you discover you have a need. Don't go out to the waiver wire to fill a need. Don't feel like you have to make a trade all the time to fill a need. When you can adjust to this now at the double A level and start moving some guys over to first base that you want to take a look at instead of maybe playing Jacob Gonzalez. I, I Listen, the holes, it's just not a good situation for them at that position. It rarely has been. So organizationally, whether it's you're addressing it for the major league team or the minor league system, you've got to start getting some guys that can give you some semblance of maybe being a major league at bat, a major league bat over there at that position. Yeah. Sherrod here says uh, Bay an everyday player at center field or, or second base. He could very well be an everyday player because of center field and second base. That may very well be how they want it to play out Sherrod. And I'm not sure I have a problem with that. I personally think that he's uh, Josh is asking me if I think Nikki G is a little too short for first base though. I don't care about that <laughs> as much as the rest of you do. It'd be nice if he's taller, but he's not. He's what you got. I don't want O'Neill Cruz over there. Anybody that's taller, you're going to tell me they either don't hit enough home runs or their arm is too strong to waste there. I'm tired of excuses. Why guys can't play there. Put somebody the hell there. Well, I don't I care think, if it's Davis. Honestly, I, play somebody there. Well, and I think, too, it's not about, like, is it ideal? No, but you're trying to find some solutions and make the best of a situation where it's already not working out great for him on several levels, whether it's been injuries or production or whatever. Right. It's, yeah, not, he, it's not as though... It's not as though Nick Gonzalez is Termar short. You know, he's not Peter Dinklage. He's just not. <laughs> I'm just saying he's not. He, he's not like. He, he's not statuesque, but he's not like tiny either. Come on. Uh, like, I, all I'm saying is like organizationally treat the problem. God, I hope everybody knows who Peter Dinklage is. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they, if they don't, they all have Google. Yeah, Google. But, uh, You'll laugh, but I don't know. It's just, I, I think like organizationally they, they handle things sloppily. You know, we see problems coming like icebergs and we, and, you know, it's two years. We're going like, Hey, what about uh first base? <laughs> hey, yeah. anybody, anybody look at first base? This Mason Martin kid's not real. Anybody, you know, and then you hear, Oh, well, what about Shackleford? Yeah, let's talk about Shackleford. <laughs> like, come on, guys. You don't have one of the bats you know you want to make it. With a place to yeah. live. I mean Build you're them still a house. Yeah, you're still you're still having people hoping that Nunez is the guy. You know? Um well, Yark has the answer as always. Brian Reynolds is the best option for first base long term. Oh, God. Here we it. go. Here we go. I mean, I think the most important part of that is that every time there's a runner at first base, people are going to think that he doesn't look engaged and they'll judge his face from the TV camera. And because he doesn't have any kind of expression or anything. You <laughs> Can you imagine? You you imagine being the opposition getting to first base with Brian Reynolds as the first baseman? I, There's I was just no conversation say, whatsoever. No, it'd be so weird. Like I know as a former first <laughs> baseman, part of the great job of a first baseman is is you get to have lots of conversations. Right, right. That's why Michael Chavis, <laughs> as short as Michael Chavis was, this is why he was successful at first base. Because who, the who dude kind of looked like Peter Dinklage, by the way. He kind of did. A and little bit have, when he got the long hair going. Absolutely. We're talking season seven or eight. <laughs> Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, but it was a, it was it was cool watching you know him have fun over there. I don't think Reynolds is a first baseman, man. I know you're just saying it for fun. At least I hope you are. I just don't I see think- it. I actually understand why Yark suggested because of the contract. You know, there'll be less defensive drop off if he's a first baseman. I just don't think you're going to convince Brian to do that anytime soon. I think you're going to have to have a catastrophic knee injury before that ever happens. But 
Maybe one day you'll get your wish. Well, and then it goes back to, okay, you take him out of the outfield. Well, <laughs> what, have, what, what kind of, what are you solving there? Here's another uh, comment from the queen here. A bright neon sign above first base that says vacancy. That'll be the next shirt she has commissioned. (laughs) (laughs) First base with just a big vacancy sign over it. I love it. Anyways, man, Jim, I'll let you go have fun with your family and have fun at this wedding and everything. And let me go finish recovering from my disease. And yeah, man, hope you hope you feel better. Yeah, me too. Speaking of speaking of, I hope, he feels better is Kutch. Um, crappy way for this to end. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really weird and bizarre how he looked coming off the field for it to be nothing. Sounds like it's best case scenario, Gary, for having an Achilles problem and um, he can be back at full strength. It'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out though. He yeah. wants to be back. I think they'll have him back. Um, but, you know, I I'm just not worried about it, this at all. I'm not either. Uh, it just sucks for him that he didn't get to finish out this year, hit that milestone. Um, so we'll have to wait till next year. I, I honestly think this deal would have a harder time coming together if I was the GM than who's in power right now. Yeah, cause, because cause, I don't think it's a good idea personally for for where i think the team needs to be thinking but i want him back as a fan i just think if i was making decisions for what i think would better this team next year i'm not sure that's the direction i go yeah but well he's, he's had he's had some issues this year staying healthy but that's what you get sometimes with guys that age yeah and uh before we get out of here today i just want to say real quick uh listener of the show a friend of mine Lost his battle with uh, cancer the other day, uh, yesterday. And uh, just Larry's been watching the Pirates all his life. You know, he grew up here in the 70s. And um, we, we would just sit outside having beers by the by the fire pit all the time talking about old baseball games. And um, just a proud, proud man. Larry, you will be missed, my friend. And uh, peace. So, uh, Ben, take it away, brother, and for everybody watching on video, first of all, thank you for sticking with us. I know yes, it was a rough you, start. Tonight. Sorry about but, that. Uh, let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks!